Happy holidays. If you guys are like me, you are doing a lot of traveling this season. One of my biggest pain points during the travel season is all of the stuff I have to leave behind or I can't bring with me because I'm going on a plane and there's just not enough space or I'm just not allowed to take it through um, the security. But thanks to Onology, spelled O-N-E-L-O-G-Y, it's a beautiful, beautiful skincare brand. I actually recently interviewed them and the whole concept with their brand is just ease of use, right? So basically all of the products come in these wonderful leaflets, like the leaflets you would get at the drugstore if you're buying some sort of like medication. And um, because of this pharmaceutical approach, you're able to pop out one of their tablets from that leaflet, put it in the palm of your hand, add a little bit of water and mix your gel serum right there in the palm of your hand. This is amazing. Trust me, especially if you are getting on flights, because as you all know, your skin dries out a lot during the, you know, entire time that you're flying and also with the winter weather that is just compounded on top of that so i absolutely love these products i take them with me everywhere i go and it is probably my number one recommendation for this time of year is this brand because of the ease of use because of the quality of the products um it's just amazing all around so definitely check them out and let me know what you guys think but i think they're going to become your best friends especially for those of you who love to travel like i do during the holidays How many of you out there suffer from adult acne? My hand is definitely up in the air and it's because, well, it's just been a lifelong problem for me and it's something I deal with on my own skin health journey day in and day out and I know there's a lot of people out there that could relate. Now this is where I want to really tell you about a line that has been helping me so much, not only manage that acne, but also prevent it. Stamina Cosmetics came into my life about was a half a year ago i interviewed their wonderful founder and we had such a great conversation around what really inspired the line and that was around the time of covid when everyone was breaking out with mask knee i don't know if you guys remember but pretty much every single person i knew in my life was dealing with mask knee on some some level whether they were like prone to breakouts or not it was a problem and so in that problem you know environment came this beautiful solution which became stamina cosmetics Now, I am still using them. Even after long after that pandemic, I use them for my daily use um, in terms of managing my acne. And the reason I love them so much is because it is actually a line geared towards finding solutions for acne-prone individuals. However, it does not compromise the ingredient list. And when I say that, I mean there's no, um, you know, really, really harsh chemicals in there. Nothing's going to dry your skin out or make it flaky or, you know, irritate it more like a lot of acne products do, which I know of because I've dealt with this, like I said, my whole life. Um, It's really great. You know, it's got a lot of soothing elements um, incorporated into the formulations. One of my favorite products in the line, the range, is their mask because I love masks and this one is just so nice. Like, I can put it on and forget about it and I kid you not, after I wash it off and then sleep it, you know, sleep the night, I wake up with a completely renewed complexion. It looks so nice. Even if I had a breakout that I was dealing with the night before, it just really tones everything down. I am absolutely obsessed and I recommend every single one of you, if you're dealing with acne or you have ever dealt with acne and it's something that you worry about, definitely, definitely check this line out. Give it a try and let me know what you guys think. Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and I have such a lovely guest with me today. She is truly an expert when it comes to, you know, everything that has to do with um, mindfulness, um, just keeping 
a good mindset, especially with uh, leadership roles. She's worked with a lot of leaders in the fashion industry and different industries. And I'm really excited to chat with her today about just the overall concept of, you know, mindfulness and, and how we can kind of stay there throughout our day. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to uh, Samara Zellnicker. Welcome to the show, Samara. I'm so excited to host you. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, no, I'm really excited to dive into our conversation because I think um, we don't get to talk about this topic enough, you know, which is how everyday people can just bring mindfulness and, you know, create that mindset in their daily lives. And so I'm really excited to dive in and chat with you. But um, maybe if you could get us started, Samara, with telling us a little bit about yourself, because you have such an impressive background. Um, I'd love to learn more about that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm a mindfulness expert and leadership coach. So basically, you know, what I like to do is I really like to bridge the science and the sacred. So meaning that, you know, I think that there's so many ways to live our lives. And I I work with a lot of high achievers who put a lot of pressure on themselves. I'm sure being a doctor, you know, a lot about that. And, you know, often we get in our own way and often we're left feeling stuck and burnt out and, you know, not the best versions of ourselves, not showing up in the best way that we want to for people in our lives. And that sucks. Right. And so I actually think that through tools and tips and mindfulness that we can get out of our own way and we can optimize our career and our work, we can optimize our relationships. We can optimize, you know, um, our belief in ourselves. And so, you know, with kind of tools that I've learned and I've helped myself first, and from there, I've been able to work with hundreds of of men and women to support themselves on, themselves on their journey at being the best version of themselves and living up to their full potential. So that's a little bit more about what I do. I can share my background if you know you want me to kind of yeah, just to see like just to learn about what some people you've worked with in the past. Um, maybe you could tell us a little like major you know people that you worked with. Yeah. I mean, so for me, I, you know, my background is in fashion wholesale distribution. So I used to work in that space and I was in that kind of like corporate busy job where I was being groomed to take over the company. And, you know, I had all the the trappings of success and I call them the shoulds, right? So, you know, I would travel four times a year and I would go to New York and Las Vegas for fashion shows and for trade shows and, you know, had customers all over Canada where I was living at the time. And ultimately I wasn't happy and I didn't know why, and I didn't know what was going to make me happy. And I ended up, I was um, in Brazil for a sales meeting and I was about to board my flight home and I broke my foot completely out of nowhere. Like I literally stepped down to board the plane and broke my foot. And, you know, at the time I didn't really understand it. And then I realized that it was just a sign from the universe of like, Hey, you know, this isn't working and you need to change this. And I had to wear a boot on my foot for about eight weeks. And this is at the beginning of the summer after a cold, long Canadian winter. And I, you know, it made me realize how important health and wellness was to me. And I ended up enrolling in a yoga teacher training at the end of that summer, kind of by fluke. And as a typical you know, I call myself a recovering A-type. I wasn't thinking that I was going to get better at yoga. I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking that I was going to teach. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to get better at yoga. And that experience was massively transformational. It was very, very rooted in leadership development. And 
it made me actually like question everything. And I ended up leaving my job six months later after going on a service mission to Africa and, and, and starting my company, which was over 10 years ago called mindfulness matters. And that started as teaching yoga in schools and in privately and in corporate offices and building that business. And I also started, um, I was a distributor for a yoga, a fitness apparel brand. So it was a really beautiful way to bridge both of my worlds, like the fashion world and then the wellness world. And, you know, as I dove deeper into it, I, I really, I really was attracted to working with mindfulness and emotional intelligence and helping people, as I mentioned, get out of their own way and like understand the power of our thoughts. Yeah. And I ended up, um, you know, I ended up moving to Europe and opening up a pop-up yoga studio and creating a yoga teacher training and becoming a coach. I did, um, a 40 week online program and I ended up connecting with one of the expert doctors in the program who was a functional medicine doctor. And she was opening up clinics in San Francisco and LA. And I ended up getting a job as a founding team member at her San Francisco office as one of their lead health coaches. And, you know, again, really high powered executive people who had all these trappings of success, but were actually unfulfilled and unhappy. And I was like, wait, like there was like a pattern and a theme here. And how do we really help these people go from surviving to thriving? And it was about building better habits. It was about like self-love and recognizing that like we establish certain patterns and ways of being that are like not always healthy from a young age. And they carry us, they carry us throughout our life. And, and when I, when I work with clients, I often tell them that it's not a learning, it's an unlearning. So we're going to unlearn some of these patterns and we're going to unlearn some of these ways of being and these thoughts and these um, limiting beliefs in order to get you to that place of, of really stepping into your power. That makes so that's really cool that you know you've had this journey though, Samara, because I think one thing you you while you were you know telling us, I was kept thinking about how it must be so different for you know you mentioned like a lot of the executives you know that you noticed it that level of dealing with you know all the stress that they deal with and then bringing mindfulness. I mean, what are some things that you noticed that maybe? Um, were kind of not different, but maybe exaggerated in their lives that maybe you had to like help them get through or, or really kind of, you know, something that stood out, right. That, that might be more apparent in the lives of very, very busy professionals um, and what maybe gets in their way of being mindful and bringing this into their lives on a daily basis. Well, what was lacking was the balance, right? So it was like the, the, the balance, honestly, there was like a lot of energy put into work and like a lot of worth that was associated with their profession, which is beautiful. It's really great to care about what you do and want to be successful and have a lot of ambition, but it really came down to, you know, like, what is this all worth it? Right. Is this worth it at the detriment of your health? Is this worth it at the detriment of your relationships? Is it worth it at the detriment of your relationship to yourself and ultimately like being miserable? Right. And so it's, it was about redefining what success meant and how do we put a couple of things in place so that you're not burning out so that you have more balance so that you are more present for people that you care about. And that, 
you know, that changed everything. And what ends up happening is you end up being more successful, right? So it's this idea of working smarter, not harder. And it's this idea of actually setting up clear and healthy boundaries that make you thrive. And it's counterintuitive to what our society has taught us that more is better. And it's actually not. And it's like when you actually create structure and, you know, have something in your life that feels truly, truly, truly in alignment, then everything can change. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really solid. And I, I resonate with that a lot, honestly, personally, because I feel like, um, and I don't know if anyone listening can relate to this, but I grew up with like immigrant parents. Right. And, and for us growing up, my brother and I, it was like drilled in us that, you know, first of all, we were going to go down these like professional routes, you know, medicine and, and whatnot, but then also this, this feeling of, well, you can't take a break. You know, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people that I've met along the way have like kind of echoed that same emotion, you know, where they were almost conditioned into feeling like you can't take a break. You know, if you if you're going harder, if you want to achieve something, you're going to have to go harder than the next person, you know. And so this like mindset of like you're always in this never ending race, like it just I can definitely tell you, like for me personally, that was always a thing, right? Like that was in my way, like from the level of bringing that mindfulness and bringing that peace into your daily life, you know, and, and taking that time. I mean, even to this day, I kid you not, sometimes when I'm, you know, trying to meditate or something, like a part of me will feel guilty about it, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't take this time. I don't have extra time. And I wonder how many people out there, especially in the realm of like, you know, executives, professionals, doctors, whatever can, you know, that they feel like that. Yeah, a lot. And I'm so happy that you mentioned that because that's, you know, a common misconception of like, oh, I don't have time for that. Right. But so like, what do you have time for, for the million other things that you're doing that you're actually not fully present for. Right. And so that can be like not showing up as the leader that you want to show up for as with your team or, um, not showing up in the way that feels aligned with your partner or, you know, not giving your kids the attention that you really want them to have. Right. So it comes back to like, what are those things that truly, truly matter and how, and and the idea isn't like, you're not going to be successful or it's, you're not going to reach that goal. Like you still are, you get to be ambitious and you get to hold on to those things, but it's like the way you get there that shifts. Right. So like, do you want to struggle your way through and like have it be uncomfortable or do you want to have it be joyful along the way and still get to that same place? And so I think, like I said, there's this misconception that like more is better and that like, yes, it's this race and that we need to get there, but it's like, is that actually true? No, it's not. And if you operate from a place of like, what's meant for me is going to be for me or that things are happening for me, not to me, then you start to look at your failures differently. You start to look at your failures as actually successes and things that you learn from, as opposed to like, oh, I didn't get it. And this other person did. That makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I think you really hit it on the, on the head there because I think you know, when it comes to meditation, and I want to ask you this because I think it's such a question mark in a lot of our minds is what is truly meditation? And I've noticed, you know, uh, you know, I'm a millennial. So growing up, I always noticed people were always uh, kind of getting behind yoga and meditation as the trendy thing to do. You know, it was uh, going to a yoga studio or, or practicing like meditation at home or, or whatever, you know, people were doing it almost as a trend, but I think there came this inflection point where it became this question of, are we actually meditating? You know, like, are we actually taking time? And that time that we're taking is doing something um, meaningful for us. So I would love to ask you, you know, in your 
um, words, you know, if you were to describe meditation to somebody who wants to incorporate it, right, and bring it into their daily routine, like, what is meditation? And um, what is the importance of it? Sure, yeah. So it's so interesting that it's like, oh, yeah, it's showing up as this trendy thing when like it's actually existed for like thousands of years and that it's like not you know it's it's not something new and the reason that it's existed and i think has come into mainstream culture is because our mainstream culture has gone totally to the opposite direction meaning that we are in this like burnt out always on wired stressed out anxious depressed culture and people are like wait that's not really working. Right. And so like, we're turning back to these age old traditions of quieting our mind, of presencing ourselves, of getting into alignment, of finding clarity, of getting curious. Right. And so the practice of meditation, I like to refer to it as fitness for your inner witness. Mm, And, you know, it's, it's a really a series of mental training practices, right? So when you're there's a couple of different ways to think about meditation, but when you're thinking about meditation from a place of awareness is like, you can actually use your breath as an anchor. And so if you're using your breath as an anchor, that means that you're the idea is that you want to bring your focus and your awareness back to your breath. And when your mind starts to wander, because it will, instead of having judgment on like, I'm doing this wrong or I'm wasting my time. It's like, Hey, just let's come back to the breath. And that could be described. It's like almost similar to doing a bicep girl. Right. And so like when you're at the gym and you're doing a bicep curl, again, you're just picking the weight up and you're curling it in and curling it out similar to bringing your awareness back to your breath. And when we think about doing this, like bringing the awareness back to your breath or doing a bicep curl, it's an integrated practice. It's a dedicated practice. So it's something that we're saying, okay, I'm sitting here and I'm really going to be focusing on meditating, or I'm sitting here and I'm really focusing on like strengthening my arms at the gym. Right. And that's something that we're dedicating our time and our energy to. And we have dedicated practices. Why not? So we can just be good at meditation or our arms could be strong. We do it so that we can integrate those things into our life, right? So having your arms be strong, what's a benefit of that? It means like you can pick up your kid, right? It means that you can move boxes when you're moving. It means that you can have a great physique when you look in the mirror, right? There's a lot of reasons why we do it. And similar to meditation is like, we're not doing it just to be good at meditation. We're meditating so that we can be good at life so that we can have a clear understanding of what's important to us. So we can really live what our values are so that we can deepen relationships that feel nurturing so that we can be more present with people that we care about so that we can have more clarity when it comes to leadership and how we're, how we're working. Hmm. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Actually. I like that analogy of the the bicep curl because I think it's so easy for us um, to kind of get confused. I mean, I think I've noticed this with my own um, colleagues, my friends is that when we talk about mindfulness and meditation and, and truly like, you know, these kind this realm of, of, practice, right? We always get confused with this instant gratification aspect of it all. You know, it's like, uh, if I meditate for a day or a week, you know, I should be good to go there. You know, like I should, I should be able to, after 10 minutes, go into a state of just complete like Zen mode. And I, I want you to speak a little bit about that a little, you know, for the audience, because I think, um, it's a big part from where I'm standing and what I'm noticing that, people start giving up in the middle of their journey, if that makes sense. Like they give up um, trying in a way and 
just what you've noticed maybe with your past experience with, you know, clients, um, what are some tips for that, you know, and avoiding that and really continuing on the journey. So what are, what are the tips for avoiding like stopping in the middle of your Yeah. Journey? Like basically like if I'm going to start, you know what I mean? Like I, like how to keep going and staying motivated on this journey of mindfulness rather than just doing it for a little bit, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, the, the results speak for itself. So I think when you start to feel better and you start to be more present and have more clarity and feel more fulfilled and have more gratitude for things in their life, you don't want to stop. So it's like the, it's like with anything, like when you're starting to see results and like feeling better and having more joy and gratitude are like some pretty awesome results, then you want to keep going and you want to do that more. And if you're like, okay, well, I'm doing this thing and I'm not there yet. And I'm not feeling that way. Then it's like, well, don't stop. Right. And it can be as simple as that. And the reality is like, we live in a society where like people want instant gratification and they want these blue pills that are going to make you sleep or going to make you happy or going to make you insert X. And I'm sure you see that as a doctor and that's not necessary. I'm not saying there's not a reason for that. And I fully respect modern medicine, but you know, it's not always like a sustainable long-term solution. And so if you think about like wanting those things from a sustainable long-term place, it requires work, right? And it requires practice. And, you know, one way to stay accountable, because like, I get that life is busy and you're like, oh my God, I have to add meditating on top of everything else that I'm doing. It's like, I really like to habit stack it. So if it's something that, and, and we're talking specifically about meditation here, right? But yeah, if you're like, okay, I wake up in the morning and I have a coffee. Okay, so can you meditate? while you're sitting and having your coffee, right? Because it's something that you're already doing. Or like, I wake up every morning and I brush my teeth. Okay, can I add five minutes in the morning to meditating? Or I want to introduce gratitude. So, you know, you're waking up in the morning, you're putting your feet on the ground. Can you add in, oh, I'm grateful for the fact that I'm able to like breathe and live another day and put my feet on the ground today, right? And so I think that like adding it to something that you're already doing. Accountability is also huge when you're starting something new. So like working with a coach or joining a group or having a buddy or things like that can be really helpful. Like any new habit that you're starting is like having that person to support you through that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense because I think uh, we do, we embark on these kind of journeys, like very, like with the solo minded attitude sometimes. And, and I think, uh, you know, you're absolutely right with the whole idea of, you know, you need to be connected in some way, you know, to whether it's your community, whether it's your partner. I mean, I can definitely see that being beneficial. I know I'm very guilty of it. Like, you know, whatever, it's like a workout. Like, you know, as you were comparing earlier, if you're doing things by yourself, sometimes it's easier to give up or, you know, lose that faith and lose that like motivation to keep going. But no, I, I like what you, what you said there. And I, and I actually want to ask you, you know, because you've worked with so many, you know, professionals in the past and you have, you know, so much experience in the leadership realm and and the coaching of leaders. And I think, you know, for everyone listening, there's a lot of people who tune in who are entrepreneurs or they are in these executive positions. And so for them, I would love to learn about, you know, what you can recommend for things like staying motivated in the workplace or, you know, avoiding that like burnout or developing resilience, like any, anything that you can really shed some light on, you know, that might help in the day to day. Yeah. Well, you know, it it comes 
down to what I said earlier, which is balance, right? So it's kind of taking stock. I, I I just came back from Costa Rica where I hosted a leadership retreat. And one of the first activities that we did was a life audit. So we had a circle of life, which is like, you know, all different areas of your life. And we looked at like where you're falling on that circle in those different areas. And so doing something like that every quarter is so helpful because then you get a sense of like, wow, you know, like my continuing education is like low. So I'm not really feeling inspired. Maybe I want to go and take a course or I recognize that I'm spending like so much time outside of the office or or outside of the home eating out and, you know, you know, having dinners with clients and things like that, that I, I don't feel great in my physical body. And like, maybe I want to increase going to the gym or home cooking or things like that. Right. So like right. actually having a moment to pause, right. Cause a lot of these executives and leaders are just on that hamster wheel and don't have a minute and everything's quick and everything's fast. And so there's something really powerful in the fact that, okay, let's actually take a moment and pause and take a moment to reflect and do a little bit of a life audit and see where I'm at and see what's feeling and what's really energizing me right now. And then what's also doing the opposite, what's draining of my energy right now. And so looking at things from that perspective can be really, really helpful is like simply taking that pause. And then from that pause, we can reflect. And then from that reflection, we can recognize where am I feeling out of balance? And then from there, we get to take action, right? Okay. Well, I'm feeling out of balance here. Yeah. I'm going to say no to that, that dinner invite. And I'm going to stay home tonight and cook myself a meal or spend that time with my family or go for a walk or whatever that looks like, you know, or actually know what I'm really feeling like I want to rub things up and get more inspired in the work that I'm doing. Okay. I'm going to, you know, uh, do this masterclass or subscribe to a training, you know? And so there are different ways and it really just depends on where that person is at specifically so that we can meet their specific needs. But it really starts with like the pause, the reflection, you know, sometimes journaling can be really helpful at identifying that. Or like I said, doing a little bit of a life audit and then moving forward from there in terms of what balance do I want to create? And then what action do I need to take in order to get there? Yeah, that makes sense. No, I think that's, you know, again, you know, I think it does come back to what you said is that balance part. I know a lot of times it can be very overwhelming to carve out that time in a day, but you know, it, it goes a long way. It really does. I mean, I, I've noticed it for my own life, but I've also seen a lot of people I grew up with, you know, that were even worse than I am, you know, about the whole don't stop and never pause. And I've seen them go through this weird transition of, you know, you burn out, but then when you get, you know, you're back on your feet, you have to like kind of reteach yourself and kind of like a baby, you know, teaching yourself how to walk again. And I would hate to see someone get there, right? It's this burnout place where you're completely just exhausted and you don't know. But I feel like a lot of people go through that personal journey of, okay, I've hit this weird rock bottom place. And now I have to teach myself how to actually take care of myself. You know what I mean? So yeah, like I just, I, I hate seeing people get there, but that's hopefully, you know, if someone's tuning in and you are getting like, you know, you're, especially the holidays, if you're like burnt out or you're feeling like that, like maybe that's a sign to stop and, and introduce things like mindfulness, meditation, yoga into your life. Um, but one thing, Samara, I want to actually get this clarification from you because it's actually one of, uh, it's a pet peeve of mine. I'm not going to lie. I'm Indian, um, you know, my background and I grew up with yoga in my life, right? My mother was always practicing yoga. I grew up with it. And I remember um, growing up in the West in America, people would always talk about yoga as if it was so separate from meditation. You know what I mean? Like it was like, 
as if the two were very, very separate and very um, different things. I mean, yoga almost for us, you know, growing up and seeing it portrayed here, it was like as if turned into an exercise, you know, there's a focus on the exercise component more so than the mindfulness and the mindset component. And I want to get your take on that. You know, where do meditation and yoga intersect and what can we really, you know, do to get our perception of that clear? You know what I mean? So that we're, we're not like being too hard on ourselves. Like, am I doing this correctly? And et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, such a good point. And I mean, I think it's so helpful of you having shared your background and like culturally that it's just viewed so differently in the East. And, you know, like I said, originally when I first did my yoga teacher training, like I had practiced yoga for 10 years and it was never more than a physical practice. Like it was like, yeah, I'm going to exercise or it's cold outside and I want to be in a hot room. And it was never more than that. So I don't discredit people who look at it that way. Although when you open up your mind to it, it is so much more, it is a spiritual connection. It is a way of like getting into your body and releasing because, you know, I believe like your issues are in your tissues, right? And we have so many things that are just stored in our body over time. And how do we release them? Well, yeah, we can talk about them, which are really helpful, but our body holds so much wisdom as well. And so if we're practicing ways to release them by stretching, which is essentially what yoga is, then it is a meditative practice, right? If we allow ourselves to get on the mat and really treat it, in that, like have reverence for the practice and less about like, am I doing this right? Or I'm comparing myself to somebody else, or I can't touch my toes and really just dropping into what is because the beauty of of yoga is that it's, it's inviting us to pause. Right. And I know yoga looks different than it does in the East in the sense that like, sometimes you're in a really dark room and sometimes there's crazy music blasting. And I don't think that there's a wrong way to do it, but it is an invitation to like quiet your mind. Right. And so if you really take the practice for like focusing on your breath and then moving into one pose and then into the next pose, that's meditation, right? Because you're zeroing your focus onto one thing and you're looking at things in the way of like, okay, all I really have is this moment. And the next thing that I want to focus on is that next right step. And so I think it really has to do with our relationship to it. You know, I think that like, for me, like I, when I do a yoga class now, like I love to launch Boston up forever. I call it yoga stoned. Like I'm like in another planet, you know, but that's yeah. how I had, you know, a 20 year yoga practice. And I've really del- delved into this work. But one thing that I, I always say is that I'm not special and that everybody can have it. So I think that if you are really wanting to shift your your awareness on this. It's like about, okay, how do I take this at face value? Like, how do I really allow myself to just be present and like listen to the cues from the teacher and like drop into the the what's here instead of what I think should be here? And then it, I find it like, it doesn't have to be harder than that. Then it like works its magic on you. Then it is a moving meditation. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, I love how you said, you know, phrased that. That's so that's actually been a little bit of my experience as well. And I think that's so crucial. I love that you said it the way you did, because if you're somebody who was like new into it, I think that's really important to understand, you know, that this is a technically stretching, like you said, Samara, like it's, it's supposed to relieve, you know, whatever it is you're trying to relieve and that in itself is meditation. And I think that's just such, that's the beauty of this realm, right. Of, of talking about these things, because there is so much overlap and, I feel like, you know, I don't know, maybe like while I was growing up or recently, we've tried to demarcate 
so much in the mindfulness space to where we're putting all these definitions out there, all this, you know, like set in stone, but we forget that all of it really kind of blends together, you know, at one point. And it becomes this wellness journey rather than just, okay, this is my yoga journey only, you know, or my meditation journey only. It becomes an overall journey. So I think it's just a beautiful it's it's a beautiful thing to watch blossom in a person, you know, as they're going through it and they're doing it year after year and they're getting better at whatever it is to them that defines these terms, right? Like meditation, yoga, mindfulness. It's just, it's your own personal journey and your own personal process. And I think a lot of times executives or people who are in leadership positions, we don't sit down and really think about that. We're so focused on let's think about the definitions here, you know, <laughs> and how can I do this? And how can I get this done and check off a box, but it's not checking off a box. So, yeah. Well, and I, this is why I love working with people like you and people in leadership positions, because you have such an impact, right? And so like by you doing this work, think about all the people that you touch in a day. I mean, you're a doctor, so you have an impact on your patients and then you have an impact on your staff, but like it creates this ripple effect, right? And it creates yeah. this ability to, support and touch all these other people, which if you're modeling this behavior, then it gives them permission to do the same thing. You know, often when I work with my clients, like they'll like go back out in the world. And once we're in our work, like people are like, wait, did you do something? Did you change? Did you lose weight? Did you get a haircut? Like, and they're like, no, like I'm literally just like living my truth and I'm living fully in alignment. And it has this energetic, like contagiousness to it. And so that's why I like love working with you guys as a demographic of people, because it not only impacts you, it impacts all the people around you. I love that. Yeah, I completely, I agree. And I think, you know, especially for everyone, right? I mean, we do, you're, you made a great point. It's like whoever you're interacting with and touching, you're exchanging like a vibrational frequency there, you know, yeah. there, everything is energy. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, I could you not Samara, every day, People, you know, whether it's a family member or somebody asks me, like, have you seen such and such case, like, improve? And I have to literally stop. Even my friends sometimes tell them, like, I have seen patients come back from something like pancreatic cancer. And it wasn't no only because of modern medicine. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. It was it, it was energy. It was the work, the energy work that they did. It was the 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 mindset that they had, you know, about their illness and what they wanted for themselves. And I just feel like we're getting there and i don't know if you agree or not but we're getting there society but we still we we have so much work to do to understand that our mind over body that is a real thing you know and that's very powerful and to be able to bring that to your daily life especially somewhere like a workplace or if you are someone who's in charge i mean that is so impactful so i mean i love what you do i mean that you work with so many executives and you've done such great work to to help guide them i mean that's truly remarkable so thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And amen, sister. I, I, I'm like a hundred percent with you. And I think that, you know, our, again, our society really values like titles, right? So like the doctors, the lawyers, like people in leadership positions, which is amazing, but like, what is that thing that's just beneath it? And that's why I really, you know, I'm a nerd. I love learning. I love the science. You know, I did a nine month program out of Google that was all rooted in mindful leadership and, you know, emotional intelligence. And I think that it's really important to marry the science and the sacred, right? I think it's really important yeah. to think about like, yeah, what is that energetic vibration that like science hasn't necessarily caught up to yet, but it's there. And like, you've seen it every day. I've seen it in the manifestation of the clients that I work with, but also the life that I've created for myself. Cause everything that I'm living right now is like really what I chose. Right. And it's been yeah. really intentional and people like always are like, wow, like 
and you're living your dream life or you're doing these things. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And I'm damn proud of it because none of this is by accident. Right. And I think that when you recognize that you can actually take that power to con- to control these things, because you can't actually control anything in your life, but you can control your relationship to them. You can can control your mindset to it. Then like everything opens up for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And I, and I think that it's just a matter of time before, you know, people start noticing. I mean, I think it's really about getting started. I mean, would you agree, Samara? Like if you're somebody who just hasn't done the, the work, it's about getting there and getting started. Absolutely. It's about taking that first step. And it really comes down to that. Like, what is it to take that first step? And like, often that's the hardest part is just showing up. You know, like I told all all the people that were on the retreat this past week of like, you just did the hardest part, which was just showing up, you know? And then of course, like we get to do like the deep work and also the fun stuff together and be in community. But yeah, it's really simply just starting. That's amazing. And I, and I want to actually, you know, just to round things out, I want to um, learn a little bit more about what your favorite, because we are a beauty podcast. I won't, you know, I'm not going to ignore that. I want to learn a little bit about your favorite, um, maybe wellness things that you like to have in your daily life, whether that's beauty, whether that, whatever that is, if you could share some, you know, with us, what's on yeah, your well, shelf. I'm a beauty, I'm a beauty fan. So that totally aligns for me. And, you know, it, it also, it also lines up with habits, right? And so you're setting powerful habits. And so that's for me, what like beauty and skincare is, is like setting powerful habits, you know? So for me, it's having a skincare routine that makes me feel like I have reverence for my body and for my face and that I'm taking really good care of it. Like I know there's nights where I'm so tired and I forgot to wash my face and I wake up feeling like shit and that doesn't feel good. Right. And so like, I think that by having skincare routines and morning routines and nighttime routines, it's an extension of mindfulness actually. And it, and it's an extension of taking care of yourself. So I, I definitely think that there's a huge intersect there and I really love um, clean beauty. So I, you know, I'm a big fan of clean beauty, honestly. And um, some of my, do you want me to share some of my favorite? Products? Yeah, I would love that actually. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, I, I'm like, I, you know, I toggle between like doing a lot of steps and being more of a a low maintenance girly, but I, what's my face wash that I'm using right now? Oh my God. Oh, it's Indie Lee. I really love that. I'm loving that face wash right now. I'm a huge fan of all the Osea products. They're amazing. I use their hyaluronic acid and, um, and yeah, they're like blemish balm and their body butter and a bunch of different things. And then, so I usually kind of do a little face wash. I usually do like, um, a face mask once a week. Um, I do, uh, what else do I do? I'll do like a toner and then a moisturizer. I always, every day I wear SPF. So I use, um, the tower 28, uh, cream, like bronzer or not like, it's like a liquid, liquid, moisturizer. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're you're talking about. Yeah. 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 Tinted moisturizer. So I use that and I'll mix it with like a, like a regular cream. So it's not like too dark and that has SPF in it. And then I use, um, I use their tower 28, the cream bronzer and the cream blush. And I love my Ilia mascara. So I use that and some Ilia lip balm and RMS. So I'm a big clean beauty girl. But I, I love, love that. I have my little routine and it makes me feel so good and take it all off at night and yeah, make sure that I'm taking care of my skin. But SPF all the way for sure. And yes, that's what I want to hear. 
yes. yeah. SPF every day. No, I mean, that's amazing. Though. I love that. And I, I like that you're into clean beauty. I think there's a, there's a lot of, you know, I've heard some brands really kind of mesh the world of mindfulness into their clean beauty, you know, the choice they made for their brand. So it's really cool to hear you say you like clean beauty as well. And I, I love hearing that. And, you know, I think it, it's important to, do something for yourself regardless, you know, no matter where you are in life. So I, you know, I, I want to put that message out there because a lot of people will say, you know, it, what is really, you know, when people talk about self-care and taking that time for yourself, what does that really mean? But it just, I think you summed it up really well in that it is a some a little routine that makes you feel good, you know, something for yourself every day. And I love that you have that. So that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's like when we think about like cooking or like, you know, any of your listeners cook at home and I love to cook and like, we're talking about energetics and there's an idea of mindful cooking and the sense of like the energy that you're putting into the food actually like can be felt by the people that are eating it. Like if you're like angry when you're cooking, it's like felt, you know, versus if you're like cooking lovingly, that energy gets transferred to your family and the people who are eating. And I actually think the same thing of skin. Right. And so like, I, you know, by putting SPF and by using my gua sha at night and by putting all these like beautiful serums on my face, like I'm actually translating that. Like, I love myself. I take care of myself. And like, I think that actually makes me like look better and feel younger and like all of these things. So I think that there's like a, definitely a transference there. Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I, I'm, you know, I'm a huge believer in the same, so I hear you and I hope everyone listening out there, I hope you guys really um, took a minute to reflect on your own mindfulness journey during this episode. I had such a great talking time talking to you, Samara. Thank you so much for all of the wisdom that you shared and for everything that you do. You're doing such great work. Oh, thank you. I, lo- I loved our chat today as well. And I'm so happy that it, everything that you know I'm doing is resonating with you. Absolutely. And for everyone listening, I will tag everything in the concept art for this episode. So please uh, take a look, check out Samara's um, Instagram. And if you guys have any questions or comments about this topic of mindfulness mindset, this is a new series that we're bringing out, you know, on SA. And I would love to hear from you guys about your thoughts. Please chime in, let us know, and we will be back next time. Thank you. And you can feel free to reach out to me if you guys have any questions. I also have, um, if you're thinking about like, where do we, where do we get started? I have a mindfulness toolkit on my website for $49 that has like five different meditations. And then it also has, um, like journaling prompts that go along with all the meditations. It's over a hundred pages. And so like, that's a great place to start. I find like a lot of people who are like, how do I get into this journey? Like, where do I even start? That's like a really basic how to guide. Um, so if that, if that feels resonant to you guys, you guys can pop over to the website and we can even make you guys a special code. I love that. That's so cool. And that's a great uh, idea for a holiday present. Yeah, <laughs> I would totally exactly. get to have a few friends that I might consider that for. That's pretty cool. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, uh, for everyone listening, yeah, definitely let, you know, uh, check that out. Uh, let us know if you do, and, uh, we will be back next time. Thank you. <laughs>